Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, the bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I'm your host, novelist, Sayward B. Eller, and I'm here with a bit of an apology. This episode was supposed to drop on Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023, but unfortunately, I have been dealing with some back issues that landed me in the hospital, and I had been in the bed for about a week before that, so I was unable to get my stuff together and get this episode uploaded as it should have been. So, I do apologize that I did not have things done in advance and that this episode did not drop when it was supposed to drop. My biggest apology goes out to my guest, Jen Bouchard, who was expecting the episode to drop last week, and I apologize for any inconvenience with promotion that this caused. And for you, loyal listeners, I apologize once again for not having my stuff together. But now I am on the road to recovery. I had a procedure done, and I'm on some wonderful medications, so I am hoping to be back 200% in a couple of weeks at least, but for now, I am making myself get in here since I'm feeling a little more human and get this episode edited and uploaded for your enjoyment and for your information. As usual, I would like to remind you that these interviews are pre-recorded, so the volume may be a bit different between this part of the episode and the interview part of the episode. So if you wear earbuds or headphones, I encourage you to adjust your volume until you see what everything will sound like. (laughs) Okay, let's get into it. And welcome to the show, Jen. (laughs) Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad to have you here. And this is the final season of About This Writing Thing. So I am just... I feel so honored with with all of the authors who are going to be on with me this season because this is it. This is the last hurrah. So it's it's kind of a you know an eight or nine episode long party for me. <laughs> well, I'm, very, I'm very honored to be a party guest. <laughs> Thank you. Um, for the listeners, please tell me what do you write and how long have you been doing it? Um, so my books are all about. Um, second chances, um, there's a lot of food involved, there's some romance, there's some laughs, they all take place in um, coastal New England locations. The first two books I wrote, uh, First Course and Palms on the Cape, are more towards women's fiction. Um, Considering Us, which I uh, finished writing in February, um, is more of a romantic comedy, and I think that's the direction I'm going in for the moment, but there are a lot of humorous moments in the first two books as well. So, um, but I think we can talk more about this. I think writing something that was more in the genre of rom-com gave me some freedom that I've been looking for. Um, and uh, we can get into that, but I, uh, I started writing, um, a little later than a lot of people do. Um, I would say it was around 2015 when I started writing. So I was in my, mid to late 30s at that point, and I just finished a major volunteer position. I'd been president of my college's alumni association for two years. It had been a really big role, um, took up a lot of my time. Um, I absolutely loved it. I got to know so many different people. I'm a real people person, and um, when it was over, I definitely felt this, this void, and I didn't exactly know what to do with it. It was silly in so many ways because I'm a full-time high school teacher. I have two children who at that time were really young. Um, now they're teenagers, but I was, I was very busy 
but yet I was bored. <laughs> if that makes any sense, it does. And, yeah, I was looking. I, I was looking for some something creative. I'm not a crafter or anything like that. I cook, and that's why a lot of my stories um, have so much so much food in it. Um, but I didn't have anything really to do in that regard, um, besides just you know continuing to feed my family and my friends when I could. Um, so one day we were at the beach. It was the end of the summer, and just getting ready for another school year. And I said to my husband. I think I'm going to try to write a novel. And he was like, all right, <laughs> whatever. And um, so I started going to author events. I live in the Boston area, so a lot of authors do come through town, which is nice. And while I would go to these events, I'd also be starting to brainstorm for you know what a plot could even look like, characters could look like. Um, and I had really no idea what I was doing. So it took me two and a half years to write a first draft. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think we all start out that way. My very first novel, it took me 17 years off and on. I think I had, I, I think I had seven or eight drafts at the end. And really, I still didn't know what I was doing because I started that book when I was 20 and I still had no idea what I was doing. So I published it and I shouldn't have, <laughs> but, um, I, I think that for me, even though I've been writing since I was 12, I didn't really become a writer until around the same time that you started writing around 2015. So I totally get <laughs> where you're coming from. <laughs> so you've already said what my next question was, which is what you do outside of writing. You said that you're a high school right. teacher. Yeah, 20, this is my 23rd year. I teach high school social studies, um, juniors and seniors. I teach U.S. history and AP government. Um, so it's, you know, very, it's very different from, you know, my, my writing life. So sometimes I feel like I have like this, you know, alternate persona. Um, and it's funny because, you know, my students do know about it, but they kind of forget about it sometimes. And every once in a while they'll be like, oh yeah, you're, you're Jen Bouchard who, <laughs> you know, I totally get what you're saying about, it's like you have two identities almost. When I was studying to be a historian, I felt like I had this historian persona and I had the writer persona. And a lot of times while I was in my uh, undergraduate study and when I was in my master's program, it didn't feel like the two really could coexist. Of course, now I write historical fiction, so I understand now that they can totally coexist. But it does feel that way. It feels like you have these two separate personalities and it's great that it seems like you have found a good balance for them. I try. I don't really know how good of a job I'm doing. Um, you know, there are days where it does not feel that way. Um, but, you know, I think that the drafting schedule, at least I have figured out, is that I start drafting the book um, pretty much right after the school year ends, which in um, the Northeast is, is late June. Um, so like right after school gets out, you know, put the final outlines because I am a plotter, not a cancer, um, as all the writers listening will um, understand. But um, I give my final outline together. And then uh, last year I started actually drafting at the beginning of July and finished drafting um, before the, the holiday break in December. And that gives me a little 
time to take the holidays off, let it just sit, and then I start looking at it again in January um, to begin edit. So I think getting the book started in the summer when I'm not teaching really helps me because by the time I go you know, back to school in the fall, I think this past year, I think I maybe had 10 chapters done. So I, you know, at least I, I knew where I was going. I, I was you know, pretty settled in and I could come up with a decent enough schedule to write the rest of the book. Although the beginning of December is a little hairy. Like when I'm trying to finish it up, it's, that's when, you know, the laundry stacks up a bit. Yeah. I eat really kind of bizarre things. (laughs) It gets a little, a little little bit stressful because I just have to keep myself to that schedule in order to, you know, to feel like I'm, I'm getting this done because I really want to write a book, a book a year. And this is for me, the only way I can do that. I, so admire people who can write like three, four books a year. I just don't think with teaching full time, I can do that. Yeah. And there's also, I always think about the burnout aspect. I do this full time. So I'm not having, I don't have to juggle the full time job and the writing anymore. But of course, being a full time writer doesn't really mean you're a full time writer because, you know, all the other stuff that comes along with, um, all the marketing, yeah, all the social media, and then yes, (laughs) before we moved from North Carolina, it was, you know, you're available. So people call you and they knock on your door and all that stuff. So, um, but you said that you try to keep a very strict schedule. So how do you fit writing in on those days that you're teaching? Do you do it before school? Do you do it after school? Well, because because I teach high school, I have to. We start early, and so I really, I'm up at I'm up at like five thirty anyway. I really can't get up much earlier than that and get any meaningful writing in. A half an hour for me doesn't really cut it. I usually I usually need at least an hour, so I, I really don't think I can pull off four thirty at this point. Um, so you know what I typically will do is. We've got a very complicated family schedule. My kids are both athletes, um, so we have this enormous calendar on our, um, like it's a glass, like whiteboard kind of calendar. And, you know, we just kind of look at the week and I say, okay, where can I fit it in? I basically have to schedule it like a doctor's appointment. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell my husband, I'm like, all right, I need to spend, I need at least an hour and a half this week. You know, I think I can do it here. And we just sort of work around that. Oh, it's good that you have that support. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the whole family it enjoys this and, and really wants me to be successful. Um, you know, today's a great example. I'm, I'm on break this week, and I said, I really need it. I'm, I'm trying to plan for my fourth book, which I'll start drafting this summer, and I, said, I really need to spend a day on the North Shore of Massachusetts and go to a bunch of the coastal towns and get a feel for some things and setting. And so, you know, this was the day that worked best for the whole family. And so I'm actually talking to you from in front of a bookstore. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. So this will be your fourth book. Do you already know your title or are you just keeping that kind of, no, I don't. They always come to me when I'm doing laundry. So I'm oh, just, nice. you know, there's something about like the mundane nature of doing laundry that it, book titles pop into my head. So I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, you know, I wish I had that problem. I'm terrible with titles and 
it's just like, oh my gosh, I have to really ponder it. So I'm going <laughs> to, maybe I'll try the laundry thing because laundry. it is very mundane. <laughs> Let your mind empty and then, you know, suddenly it'll pop in. <laughs> so you said you started, you just, in 2015, you had, you said, you know, I think I'm going to try to write a book. Can you pinpoint what exactly, I know you said you, you just had this kind of, you were really busy, but you were also kind of bored and, and you needed an outlet. So was that it for you when you said, you know, yeah, I'm like a little bit of a midlife sort of thing, <laughs> I think. Um, and I, I was like, well, I, I need something else that I'm going to do, like almost like a hobby. Mm -hmm. And um, it was funny when my husband turned 40, he, he bought a fancy bike, you know, and I, sometimes I'm like, well, maybe I should have done that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I get a rejection, I'm like, maybe I should have bought a bike. Um, but um, you know, it's, um, I really, I, I was kind of looking at sort of the, the second half of my life and I was like, well, I want something that I maybe will enjoy and I could keep doing. Um, and especially when my kids are older and they, you know, move out and things like that. And so, um, yeah, that was part of the draw of that. Maybe that, maybe that re relates to your life as well, but like there was the idea of having something I could keep doing later on. Yeah. I am actually, I have the problem where I'm not good at anything else like writing and reading are really it for me but I keep trying to find a hobby to do outside of writing <laughs> so I was like maybe I'll make jewelry and then I said maybe I'll maybe I'll paint and now I'm just like maybe I should just say reading is my hobby and just be done right <laughs> I mean it's easy enough <laughs> and I can keep doing it exactly Unless there's always lots of books to read. Yes, unless this AI thing takes off, and then I imagine that my reading will seriously diminish. <laughs> right. I don't. I really don't want to read that. No. <laughs> <laughs> your upcoming release is the audio for your 2021 novel, First Course. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that book and the experience of releasing the audio book now after because it came out in 2021. Right. It's actually, I'm really glad in so many ways, even though it seems so strange for this audiobook to come out, you know, two years later, I'm actually really glad because, you know, the timing of the, of my paperback and ebook release was June of 2021, um, which was challenging. It was a tough time for your debut novel to come out. It was, um, you know, it was weird in the sense that, you know, there were some things that were starting to open up, but um, a lot of bookstores were still closed. And if they were open, it was under very limited conditions. So I was able to do a few things, but but not much. A lot of things were virtual. So my, my launch um, was through a bookstore, but it was virtual. Um, the great part about that was people from around the country were able to attend, which was, which was really nice. Oh, nice. Um, but you, you certainly don't have that, you know, whole bookstore event, um, feeling. I was able to do a couple of bookstore events that summer that were outside, but once again, very limited. A lot of people still weren't going a lot of places. Um, so the nice thing about this is that it is two years later and the audiobook industry is just taken off. Yes. Um, so many people are, this is how they are, are consuming books. So I'm excited about it. Um, I was really thrilled when Tantor Media bought the audio rights. They do a very nice job. Um, 
my narrator, as soon as I heard this example, I was like, yep, she's the one. She's fantastic. Um, we did, we did communicate. We found each other on Instagram. And even though she lives in LA now, it turns out she's from the next town over from me. And so she really got a new England book. Um, she knew the location. It was wild. So I was really excited that it was her. Um, I'm thrilled that it worked out this way. Um, I think that there's like a whole new life for this book at this point. Very good. I'm, I'm excited too. I, I, I just keep watching you go along. So I'm always excited to see writers that I know going through their releases and um, I've, a mutual of ours just announced that she signed a two book deal. Did you see that on Instagram? I'm so excited. (laughs) It's so exciting. I really, I just, I love getting to know authors. You know, that has been, maybe you feel this way too. It's been one of the biggest surprises of this whole publishing journey is getting to know other writers. I was at a bookstore in um, Gloucester, Massachusetts today. And I found, um, uh, I found an author's book that I got to know a little bit through my debut, and I was like, this is just the coolest thing. And I went up and I talked to the bookseller, and I was like, oh, do you know Sarah? She's like, oh, no, I don't know her. And I was telling her how I knew her and things like that. And and she's like, that's really great that you all got to know each other, you know, during during your debuts. And I'm like, well, we debuted during 2021, so it was a little bit tougher to do much else, but it really created this whole community. Um, but I would say, you know, whenever people ask me, you know, what's the thing that surprised you the most about all this? I always say it's you know, just how great other authors have been, how supportive they've been. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it because people will read more than one book. So exactly, you know, help each other out. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's been my, my goal since um, since I started becoming very serious is just to make sure that I'm lifting up other writers and then when the time comes, they can lift me up if they choose to. And if they don't, that's fine. I still like to see other writers succeed. So, <laughs> you know, absolutely. That that's like you said, people are going to read more than one book. They're going to read more than one author. I'm reading three different books right now. So, and they're not by the same author. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I'm up to five. Like, yeah. I, uh, one of these days I'll finish them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's always the one that gets more attention than the others. But that's okay. I'll finish them all. It's fine. <laughs> what are you, you said a little bit about what you're working on now. Can you, um, is it more, you said it's a rom-com, which I love rom-coms. I used to read them, like, all the time and then I kind of got away from it. Bridget Jones is one of my favorites and Sharon's do-over is very much like Bridget Jones. I, I always tell everybody it's a clean Bridget Jones. So that's the first rom-com I've read in years. So oh God. I've well, forgotten how fun they are. For, for this book soon because um, yeah, I think it was so much fun to write. I had so much fun and it was really freeing in a way because, um, you know, you could put in kind of those more outrageous scenes where like silly things happen. I wanted to write about pranks. I wanted to write about, um, just, you know, like the things that happen in life where, where people are like, you couldn't even make that up, you know, like, (laughs) I'm going to make it up right now. Um, and, and I also really wanted 
you know, sure, there's a whole thing about, you know, the emotional journey of the main character, which is, of course, you know, what women's fiction tends to center around. And that does exist in the book. But I wanted to allow some of the romance to be more front and center. And it's not it's it's not a, a steamy book or anything like that. But it, I wanted that, you know, the relation building of a relationship, kind of the slow burn aspect of it. I wanted to be able to put that more front and center. And I felt like I was able to do that a little bit more with writing a rom-com. Very nice. I'm looking forward to it because I, I have made a vow that I'm going to read more rom-coms just because they're so much fun. And yes, we know how they're going to end, but that's not what is important. It's how we get to the end. It's the journey. <laughs> So that my friend who, my friend Stephanie, she's been friends since we were 16. Um, she reads all my books. She's my like chief beta reader. And um, she's an English, she's not a writer, she's an English teacher, which is great. She's a gracious reader. And she's able to see the stuff that I need someone to, to see for me. And, you know, she was so funny when she finished it. She was like, well, thank God she ended up with him. Like, I think she was like, she was worried that like I was going to you know, do something else there. She's like, oh, no, that had to happen. So. <laughs> I like that. I, that makes me want to read it more. So <laughs> what you said, you're a planner, you're a plotter. I am a pantser. Yeah. So I always like to know, <laughs> I always oh, like I'm to, so envious. That sounds so freeing in so many ways. <laughs> in a lot of ways it is, but in other ways, I really wish that I was more of a plotter. So, because sometimes I just go off on tangents and then I have to kind of backtrack and say, okay, that's not going to work. I mean, I've developed, I've developed ways to look at the, the story. And when I make a decision, I can think ahead and say, how is this going to impact? Is this going to work well? But as a plotter, I imagine that your revision process is so much easier. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because like, Unless you catch something that you're like, ooh, we got to move this around or this has to happen at a different time or whatever, unless that happens, you pretty much know how it's all going to go. You're just trying to make sure that you're capturing certain things. Um, like I always think a lot about like the senses. I want to make sure that the, that the, the settings are, are descriptive enough and that, you know, reader could see where these characters are. Um, you know, just my, my friend Stephanie always tells me, you know, I need to know more of her thoughts. I need to know what she's thinking, her inner monologue more. Like those are the things I tend to gloss over too mm -hmm. much. Um, you know, so I tend to, I tend to focus on those kinds of things during revision, make sure it's, you know, makes sense. Um, make sure that we get a feel for who these people are. But yeah, I would, I think it's probably a little quicker. <laughs> yeah, but I do the same thing. I tend to gloss over physical descriptions because I like to, I like to let the reader kind of fill it in. And I also yeah. like, like I'm thinking if one day this was made into a show or a movie, right. then they could have a very inclusive cast. So, I think about that too. I'm like, I don't know how much I want to talk about what this person looks like. Right? Um, like, let's, you know, let's let, let's let the reader kind of create them in their head. Yeah. The same way. And unless it's like really important, like I yeah. do try to 
to leave some things a little bit more open. Yeah, I mean, I imagine if um, someone is reading the book, uh, reading my work, they might see the characters like as themselves. So if right. they're not a forty-four-year-old white woman, you know, or whatever age my character is, right. then they might be able to see themselves in the story instead of me. So that's yeah. But I also like during my revision process, I'm like, okay, well I have to put a little bit of description in here. So yeah, it gets a little, a little hairy sometimes kind of trying to ride that line to where I do want my right. readers to be able to say, to feel like they're reading a story about them. But at the same time, you know, I also know there are readers out there that need you to describe every single aspect of a person. <laughs> so, um, are you, and I can't remember the answer to this question, are you agented or are you indie published? I, not at this time. I am seeking representation for this this third book of mine. So um, there has been some, some interest, um, and so I'm waiting on some things at the moment. Um, but um, fingers crossed that would be nice. Yes, it would be. Have you, how long have you been, have you only been querying with this third, with this third book? How long has that no, been? I, I did, tr I did, um, come pretty close with, um, first course and, um, ended up going to a small press, um, on my own and with Palms in the Cape, the book will come out this fall. Um, I did briefly query again, um, that it was interesting, like what it was like about a year ago was um, definitely a time where a lot of agents were closed to queries for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, there, I found that a lot of agents were closed for over a year. Um, I think I hit it at a really bad time. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to my press and see if they want this. And so I did, and they did want it. So they're going to publish it this fall. Um and, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a different time now. I found that there are more, there are more agencies now. Yeah. Uh, agents have broken off from the agencies they were with, have formed their own, which I think is really exciting. I yeah. think that, you know, a lot of people have decided to try to go their own way a little bit. So, um, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm open to all sorts of things. I'm certainly open to going back to a small press if that is what, you know, where we, where we need to go. It, it's hard to know. I mean, I feel like this book is closest to the current market of anything I've written. Um, but I did hear from an agent this week who said that it was so close to the current market. She wasn't sure if it was different enough. Oh, yeah. So it's hard to know because yeah. I mean, let's face it, it wouldn't come out for another couple of years. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I have no idea. Um, we do the best we can. Exactly. Well, I wish you luck because I know that it, as hard as it was when I was querying in 2020, I know it is even harder now. So I am wishing you the best of luck with it. Thank you. <laughs> I'll figure it out one way or another. Yes, so. you will. <laughs> and we're at 25 minutes recording now. So we actually did get through all of my questions, which is... 
<laughs> which is awesome. Uh, you helped a lot. <laughs> but my last question is, what is the best writing advice you have ever received or heard? Yes. Um, so very early on for me, I think it was just around the time that I had finished the first draft of first course, which I told you took two and a half years. Um, and I was trying to like, you know, just kind of figure out my next steps. Um, I heard from, um, a girl I'd gone to college with who I'd been an RA and so I was a junior and she was a freshman on my, on my floor. Um, and she's been very successful. Her name's Andrea Williams. She wrote a book called The Longest Night. She has another book coming out, I believe, next, maybe later this year, next year. Um, but she said, be tenacious. And I was like, well, so, um, that is what, what I've done. And at times it is hard. Um, you know, it's not easy to go into a bookstore and talk to booksellers when you are, you know, not well known. Um, but that has gotten easier. And there's a lot of things about this that have gotten easier for me. So um, I think the tenacity has paid off. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Fantastic. Well, we are out of time. But I thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to chat with me and hang out with all of our, all of the listeners who will, who will be hearing you. Um, I'll let you know when the episode is going to go live. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank but you so much. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And thank you again. I will speak with you soon. I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. bye. I hope you enjoyed this interview with women's fiction author Jen Bouchard. I know I certainly did. Jen and I are in a collective together, and it has just been a pleasure to get to know her over these past months, and I can't wait to see more of her success as she continues her publishing career, and I can't wait to be part of that success with the collective. I hope that your interest in her work has been piqued and you will check out her website and her available book. I will make sure to link her website and her social media or her Instagram below. As for me, I have turned in my revisions, as I said in the last episode, and we are one step closer to going on submission. I still don't have a title for this particular book, but I am very hopeful that we will be out on submission soon and that it will not be a year and a half before we decide to <laughs> put it to bed and focus on my next one. So, um, fingers crossed, please. <laughs> I also have my next project lined up. I've had all summer to think about it when I wasn't on bed rest, when I was on bed rest, and I'm pretty excited to get started with that one. I also have the historical that will be published in January 2024 more on that later and I have a contemporary which will be coming out in 2024 and those both will be the historical and this particular contemporary will be self-published so just keep checking out my Instagram for those updates if you are curious or if you care <laughs> well that is all that I have for you this week I hope that you've enjoyed the interview I am about to receive my daughters and my son-in-law here this weekend because my grandsons are going to be going home in about a week. So I'm going to enjoy the last bit of my vacation. I hope that you will enjoy your week. If you're on vacation, I hope you enjoy your vacation. If you're writing, I wish you the best of luck. 
until next time, I'm going to say what I always say. Take care and keep writing. Bye.